<laughs> Every day is a cheat day. Am I right? I don't need a reason to have an extra drink. I don't need a reason. We are rolling. Hi. Welcome back to another episode of Apartment 1R. We missed you. With your hosts, Holly and... Michael. So... I have a question. Yes? What perturbs you? This is something that my aunt brought up and... Sorry. (laughs) So my aunt brought this up and this is something that I felt, but I never thought it was something that I could vocalize. I didn't think that I had the right to vocalize it. And she vocalized it, my aunt Michelle... And that is the wait time at doctor's offices. Okay. She was like, my time matters too. Why don't they value my time? You know, every time I come, I'm waiting 30 minutes. If you know I'm going to wait 30 minutes, tell me to come 30 minutes later. Because you don't take walk-ins, you know. You're the one that wants to make an appointment. You're the one that, you know, is on the phone scheduling an appointment. It's up to your time. So why are you choosing times where you're booked and busy and I have to wait 30 minutes? Why not give yourself a plenty of time? Because if your Aunt Michelle went through it, you know, you went through it. I don't go to the doctor as much as I should, but I'm (laughs) sure if I did, I'd go through it. Uh Everybody goes through it. So learn. And that's why I avoid doctors even because I'm like, this is going to be a whole day process and it's every single doctor. Last time I went to the doctor, I made an appointment. They told me come in at 730. I said, okay, I just want to double check because I don't have a lot of money in my bank account. I want to make sure that you accept my insurance for what I need. She said, blah, blah, blah. Let me look it up. Gave her my insurance. She told me come in at... um, Um, let's call it noon, come in at noon. And I just wanted a few things done. She said that they did accept my insurance and that I didn't have to pay for anything. I sat in that chair and I waited for 30 minutes. I was the only person in there. It's not like there was people with like legs cut off waiting that went in first. I was the only one there. I heard the doctors having a lovely conversation in the back with each other, laughing and cackling, talking about vacation. And then come to find out they didn't take my insurance. Oh, my. Wait, so you thought they took your insurance and then waited for- I called the- them. They lied to me. They said, yes, we take your insurance. They robbed you. Like, that's what they're doing. They're robbing time from you. Yeah. I don't know what the situation is. Like, maybe they're creating buffer time for just in case the appointment is quicker than it really is. But actually, would that make sense? Because I don't know. In, if anything, they should make it so that if an appointment takes longer, I don't want to think about math right now in time. We don't have to do that. But they're right. That's what they're doing. They're robbing people's time. And they penalize us, you know, like, oh, if you're 15 yeah. minutes late, you can't come in or then there's a charge back. or you're yeah. pushed back. So we need to come up with a penalization system. We're paying you. I should be able to write reviews. Uh-uh, you're going to be sitting here for mm-hmm. half an hour. But it's so normalized that I feel like we don't even discuss it. And let's talk about it because that is a huge chunk of time that really busy people. Yeah. You know, what about mothers? What about... um? When it comes to minimum wage, you're, you know, let's talk minimum wage. You're waiting for 30 minutes. That's like $7. Uh-huh. Where's my $7? I think it's an issue that they need to address. There's like an entitlement. It's like, just wait. Like, no. I'm waiting for you for 45 minutes, but God forbid I'm five minutes late. You want to cancel my appointment? How does that make sense? And then you're going to charge me just to be like, you're fine. <laughs> or just to be like, da-da-da, check my vitals or whatever. I always come out feeling like I lost money and I lost time. And I learned nothing. And you're going to make me wait so much time just to have a cold conversation with me. 
And it's like, okay, we live in a world where there is 30 minute wait times to go into the doctor. So let's make the 30 minute wait more pleasurable. Let's okay, put like, some Netflix out on the TV. Let's put a coffee table with a couple, you know, I mean, they, books. they put magazines out usually, but no. But they're garbage. I, Not the ones I go to. I go there. It's stale. I'm like, where's the water fountain? There needs to be like a coffee machine, a bucket of like tricks and candy, maybe. Maybe like a charcuterie board in the middle. Like <laughs> if we're going to be here waiting for 30 minutes. But also it's not, sometimes it's not just 30 minutes. Like it could go to like an hour and a half. I swear to God. Because also you'd be waiting in the waiting area, but then you go into an office. You have to sit up on that paper. I have sat up on that paper for an additional 30 minutes before a doctor wandered in with no sense of rush. You're just urgencies. a paperweight at that point. Uh-huh. There's no apology. It's them strolling the in, chewing. They're still chewing from their lunch break. They're like, so uh, they're putting their glove on. Like, it's always the doctor coming in and, like, putting gloves on. Like, you couldn't even put gloves on. Like, what were you doing? You couldn't even put gloves on before you got in here, coming in here, getting yeah. dressed? <laughs> yeah. Like, buttoning their shirt still. I'm like, what, what, what? where were you? Between every session, they go and they flirt with the assistants. Uh-huh. And then they come back. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, who's next? What, are and they, they fucking them? they slowly waddle like they're pregnant. They waddle into the next room. Still looking at their... um Clipboard. Yeah. What's on that clipboard? Tic-tac-toe? That perturbs me. The fact that she brought that up and it's such a reality. Our time matters too, especially if we're paying for them. Yeah. There's no alternative, I feel. Like there's no going to a new doctor because every single one is like that. It's just been totally normalized. And I guess it's because there's more people than there are doctors, but at least like if everybody's waiting 30 minutes, you kind of have a sense of time there. You know, you can ask people to, if you're going to be with a patient, then have mid time between patients or whatever. Well, here's the deal. Schedule us like later. You know that it takes a bit of time. Don't schedule everyone at the same time. Like, what are you doing? Scheduling people five minutes one after the other and then wait, making everybody wait down the list like that. And then you have the audacity to refer to us as patients. I have no patients left in my body. <laughs> yeah. I just went, sat here for 30 minutes minutes because you know I wanted to get STD tested or I have a nosebleed I have no patients left and then you look at me in the eye well, patient number one that's insulting don't call me patient I'm not patient I'm not patient I'm You're sitting here tapping me. my foot I'm tapping my foot there's nothing patient about me I'm being gaslit manipulated and she was like I think she asked her doctor hey why don't you guys like why do you guys do that? She was like, there's no apology. Yeah. If I'm working and I like use the bathroom for four minutes and come back and there's a guest sitting there, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I was just stepped out for a minute. I'm so sorry. The idea of leaving for a second and them calling your name and you missing the opportunity is so frightening. Yeah. It's like a hostage situation. It's a hostage situation. Like the waiting room of every doctor's office is a hostage situation. Oh God. It really makes it hard to go to the doctor because I'm like, this is going to be a whole thing. I'm going to be here for like four hours. Oh my god, we're rolling. He has some he has issues. Um Do I need to tone it down? Do I need to tone everything down? Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to town. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. We're talking about the holidays. And coming from a couple of bitter bitches with no patience, money, or time. For us, or let me speak for myself here, but I think mm-hmm. you agree. Um, the holiday seasons have little to no magic left in them. There is an overwhelming amount of stress and anxiety when I hear Mariah Carey do a whistle note. The magic left a long time ago, I feel. 
It's like, I can remember what it felt like though sometimes, but the things that I saw, and I feel like a lot of it was seeing things in movies. Like, you know, people out in the village, like with like, their boots ooh, and their scarves. And it's like, Home Alone 2. Uh, it's it's like ice skating rink. It's Elf. Mm-hmm. It's Especially living in New York City. I have never been to Rockefeller Center around Christmas time. Never ice skating. And yeah, I could I could save up the money and the time, but all of a sudden the time just comes and goes because then you're concerned about gifts for a full month and a half. Yeah. And everyone always says like, because I complain to everybody, you know, that's what we do here at this podcast. That's what we're trying to do for a living is complain. I complain about the holidays all the time and I'm always met with the same response. It's not about gifts, though. It's about the magic of family. It's not about gifts, darling. It's about... Love, celebration, life, and liberty, darling. No, it is about gifts. It is about gifts. And also because it's about gifts, you sacrifice the love, the family, whatever. Yeah, because I'm terrified to see anybody because I'm like, hi, I'm your poor, unsuccessful nephew with nothing to offer. Merry (laughs) Christmas, you know? Yeah. The past two years could have been three years, but I think it was two years I did not give my siblings gifts who all gave me gifts. And it was a little traumatic. It's been a little traumatic, but it's been me like in school. School ends two days before Christmas. So this is me trying to make an excuse because I'm so ashamed but like that's what it is shame 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 Shame. it is shame because we work in the restaurant industry there's another added stress of am I gonna be able to get off yeah and then it's like what you can't come for Christmas it's like no I can't come for Christmas and then your work's like well I mean what what are we supposed to do we're open everybody wants Christmas off are we able to give everybody Christmas off no so why are you special my co-workers are mothers fathers like I'm not gonna be that spoiled 24 year old brat that's like, I want Christmas off when I know that the only other options are these people with family that need to go celebrate with their children, you know? Right. Like, I'm not at this stage in life where it's like taking off for a holiday is like normal. We are the demographic of like, we are the workers on the holidays. Yeah. Do you ever think about that? The workers on the holidays? Like that there are people working? On the holidays? Or do you just like, oh, like, let's go out. And And it's like, I am guilty of like, it's Thanksgiving and I want to go to Dunkin' and get my coffee. Oh, yeah, yeah. Me too. Me too. Like, I'm I'm guilty. But I've also worked holidays, you know. I worked Thanksgiving. I used to go to IHOP on Christmas mornings and I felt so much guilt. Just like the servers are overwhelmed. They're running out of orange juice, having to explain to people they don't have orange juice. They don't have chocolate chip pancakes. I feel so bad. I'm like, we should be just home, whatever. And then one Christmas, my mom was like, oh, my dad used to take me here. So it makes me feel happy. And then I'm like, oh, like, oh <laughs> I've no. been complaining. Like you just can't, you can't win around Christmas. There's too many feelings. Too many feelings. What if you have nothing to give? Like you're struggling to give to yourself. You don't have time to experience it. Although I don't know what I've been doing, but somehow I'm just losing time. Like I just lost this whole ball. Yeah. Like literally, I completely missed this entire season. I feel like Halloween was like pretty successful. Like we had a few days of like the Halloween spirit, but fall, no. Like I was not in the nature once. Like there mm-hmm. was no like looking at the trees. I kept telling myself like, you got to go out and you got to just see it. At least see it a few days this fall. None. Yeah. Literally, I was like, I don't even know for sure if all the leaves are down yet. Like, are they? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> According to the gardening YouTube I watch, it looks like they're like 90% down. Although I'm seeing like some trees are still leaves. And then that gives me like a little bit of hope that I'm like, maybe I'll still catch it. But I don't know. The only thing we're catching the seasons is colds. And we're going, uh, is it COVID? I don't know. Who, Who cares? cares? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Holidays. 
what do we got? We got Thanksgiving. That's a big one. See, like Thanksgiving is like the hot where I'm like, if I have to choose a holiday to work, it's that one. Mm-hmm. In my household, not like in my house, but in the family gathering for Thanksgiving, football, football is a thing, right? Like that's the right memories. It's football is on. It's like, I wouldn't have said that, but like now that you say that, I feel like it is a memory of Thanksgiving football. Yeah. Like it's on and everyone's just watching the TV at the couch, eating buffalo wings. And it's me being like, hi. Well, I don't know what it is. Thanksgiving and holidays are just like the epitome of like, I'm unsuccessful. How are you? Like you see everyone. How are you? How has your year been? Anything new? Are you dating anybody? Any movement in your career? Do they do that to you a lot? Not in like a bad way. Like my family's already like supportive and loving. Like I don't have that storyline of like. Well, at least you have the negativity, negativity. But it's just something like when you see your family, you want to look good, you know? And it's like when you feel good, then it becomes an act. And then I'm not trying to act. So I'm not trying to do all that. And also the weird thing about extended family too, at least for me, is that I don't see them enough. So, I mean, I don't know. Like they're just, this is so bad. Do I put this on the podcast? I don't know. You, you don't see, if you don't only see your family once or twice every year throughout your life, who are you closer? Like you're supposed, they're supposed to be the closest people, but then they end up being like less close than coworkers, you know? And then sometimes I feel like I'm putting on an act hi hi yeah because <laughs> it's like i genuinely do love my family and i have fun when we're together but you're right like we're not close i don't talk to them every family? day define extended is that cousins and aunts and uncles or is that yeah. like bethany who i met once in my life yeah cousin aunts and uncles and further i feel like immediate cousins and aunts are like nostalgic you know like we could just talk and hang out but we're not like calling i don't call my family like i don't know what's happening in their day-to-day life and they don't know what's happening in mine we're not close like that i found it hard to do the catch-up game when you're that distant because what do you there's a, such a level of dif- distance that what do you talk about even like what do you bring up how are you how, how have things been you know like what what do I say because then it just becomes a conversation of like yes there's jokes and there's things but there's gonna be that time period in the beginning where it's like the small talk phase of how are you how's school how's work do you have a girlfriend do you have a boyfriend that conversation and I hate that conversation because it's like I took off work I'm broke I'm struggling I'm annoyed and then it's like oh now I'm being reminded that I'm unsuccessful And it's nobody's fault, you know, but it just is the way it is. But happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. So Thanksgiving is just like, eh. I don't have anything against Thanksgiving. Like, I do think it's a good thing to have some sort of like cultural tradition. I feel like Thanksgiving is like, we we celebrate Thanksgiving our own way. And I feel like I like it that way. Yeah. It has nothing to do with pilgrims. It has nothing to do with genocide. It's just like an excuse to get together with people. It's just like, hey, let's cook and make a vegan feast and like chat and get drunk. I love that. Yeah, me too. Me too. It just so happens that like it ends up being an awkward day for me in total. But um, so I agree. That's the day that I'm like. The thing about holidays is it's like anything that has too much expectations. Like you can't fit it all in one day ever. So holidays are always that thing where it's like there's a month leading up to it and you're planning out the menu and you're excited and you pick out an outfit and you're texting your cousin and you're excited. And then you get there and you're sitting there and you're like, this is just a Thursday and we're just sitting here. I mean, we lost something in leaving school, even in high school I think it started getting different but er in the early days school 
we have a half a week off for Thanksgiving and our school did like a good job of having the spirit. They would make it somewhat festive in the school. So like you have a sense of the festivities and then it would be like one day before Thanksgiving or Christmas break. It's like, let's just watch a movie. You know what I mean? And then you go on break. So it's like, it's really exciting in that reason. And then you're going to be off of school. And then there's a sense of like playing with cousins, like with socks on and like running around the house and hide and seek. Can we sleep over? You ask your mom I'll ask my mom Uh, that was really fun and then now you kind of lose that like you're not gonna go play hide and seek it's like everyone has work tomorrow yeah we're not getting off of work for these days what the holidays are for me is an excuse to get drunk and like hang out with my family and laugh and that's it and I love that but anytime it gets more than that once gifts get involved then I roll my eyes also group family pictures are the most funny and uncomfortable and weird thing ever right I don't I feel like we did those much. You don't do like everyone get together cheese. Yeah, I guess I do. But my recent memories, like they, they I must have been drunk during them because I have some, but I don't actually remember taking them. I feel torn because I think like having pictures are so important and I love like candid pictures. But at the same time, I'm somebody who I walk into a function, get drunk immediately and act a fool the entire time. So like all the pictures that are taken of me, I'm like, I look disgusting and bloated and red and I'm like in the middle of screaming in the picture. So half of me is like love family photos. The other half of me is like rolling my eyes every time I see a camera get taken out. I'm comfortable with it when it's me and my siblings. But okay, so Thanksgiving and then Christmas rolls around in five seconds. Black Friday. Oh, yeah. Black Friday. Black motherfucking Friday. It causes some sort of pain in me, like a stitch or like a stabbing. For me, a lot of the joy from the holidays are dead. But Black Friday seems to be pulsing with life. It seems to be a mob. Like it seems to be more exciting than Thanksgiving or Christmas. To other people? Yeah. Like I'm not part of the, like, the Black Friday world. Like you'll never see me in a mall ever. And then especially on Black Friday, you'll never see me in a mall. But hey, I mean, people keep the spirit of Black Friday alive and well. That's Let's just say that. That's such a sad and toxic representation of where we're at right now with the holidays. Because people would rather... Tent outside of a mall parking lot on Thanksgiving than spend time with their family. Yeah. And that's what gifts have become too. It's like the AirPods or like whatever the update, the technology and the need to get something good. Think about how much time is wasted. There's pressure. You're risking your life. You're spending hours online just to get a hoverboard for Cousin It and a fishing pole for Uncle Fester. And how much really is it? A lot of times I feel like it was just 10%, 20%. It was never really a lot. I don't know because I feel like we went to Black Friday one year when we were teenagers because we used to live at the mall and it was exciting. But we didn't go there to shop. We went there to just like hang out and observe the chaos. It was exciting because the mall was open until like 4 a.m., which was kind of fun. So it's like, I know there's this like death and like capitalism and disgustingness and monopoly. And I love it though. I love the spirit of it because it's like, like I said, everything else, like Thanksgiving, uh, you know, Christmas, uh, Black Friday is like people dedicate their lives. You got to put, you got to give credit where it's due. Black Friday, she's not going anywhere. But I did make a decision because you do like paintings and stuff for gifts, which inspired me. So I kind of want to just make gifts and hopefully inspire my siblings to start doing gifts that are, are like not, because they spend like hundreds on me and I can't, I cannot take the guilt. I can't. I appreciate them and I love them, but like, I don't think it's worth the stress. No, totally not. I missed two years of giving them gifts and then I'm going to give them like paintings. Hopefully they'll just 
just stop with that and give me low key gifts and not hundreds of dollars worth of and then gifts. We'll pick that up when this podcast gets successful and we're rich. Then we can give gifts. Because I, I love giving gifts. When I was living, not paying rent and I was working and I was like rich as like a teenager, I loved giving. I got gifts for everybody. I would wrap them beautifully. I love wrapping paper, you know? So like there's joy in that, but the joy is no longer there when you're poor. And then it becomes just about like a lot of time is spent just giving gifts instead of celebratory activities. Uh, like if you're going to spend $100 on a gift, let's spend $100 to go to the Rockefeller thing and ice skate. Not me because I'm not into ice skating. Yeah. But like things like that. Yeah. Like let's build instead of $20 on a Yankee candle that you're going to put in a bag and give to me. Let's spend $20 at the store and make a gingerbread house. Yeah. Let's cut out some paper snowflakes and hang them on the ceiling. Let's Holiday go see movies. Like a, yeah. Let's go see like a. Let's go see the Rockettes. The Rockettes mm -hmm. are fierce. Yeah. I would imagine until you have kids. There is no holiday spirit until you have the little kids to tell them the myths and the folklore. Because like. Whenever I feel the holiday spirit in my soul, it's never like on Christmas opening presents. It's a couple days before Christmas when I'm listening to Sia's Christmas album, A Little High, and I could feel it. Or it might be a couple days after Christmas, you know, when I'm outside and I have my scarf blowing in the wind and I feel the spirit there. Like the spirit comes when it wants to come. It's not a scheduled thing. But they come less frequently, I feel, every year. Yeah. Guilt, shame, stress. The holidays! <laughs> <laughs> Hanukkah, oh Hanukkah, oh light the menorah. I'm trying to get into Hanukkah. Uh, but then again, work, light the menorah at sunset, which I'll be at work throughout the entire sunset. So you miss that. A part of it is tradition, right? The sentence is going to be as corny as a shit the morning after Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but let's create new traditions. I think it's important to celebrate old traditions, but I think it's so much more like satisfying to create new traditions. So like what? For example, like our Friendsgiving to me is like more Thanksgiving-y than like real Thanksgiving. None of that is pilgrimage. None of that is like traditional, but to me it's like the real Thanksgiving. Yeah, I also feel like it is too. It's the chaos of family. Yeah, and like Christmas, I don't give a fuck about Jesus. I don't give a fuck about Jesus. It's literally, I don't think ever been about Jesus for it's me. It's never been about Jesus. Life. It's been about Santa. At this point, I don't even <laughs> care about Santa. It is just getting drunk and listening to Sia and Mariah Carey. And that's fine. Let's celebrate that. Let's drink some hot cocoa. I watched The Grinch, I think, last year. Love The Grinch. And I was like, am I The Grinch? Oh, big time. I'm The Grinch <laughs> for sure. Because he, in the end, is having a mental breakdown. When his heart starts growing. Right before that. And he's like, where do all your gifts end up anyways? In the trash. Every single one of you. And I'm like, yeah. Like, you're The Grinch when it comes to his politics. I'm The Grinch when it comes to his, like, lifestyle. Uh -huh. <laughs> And a happy new year. I worked New Year's and I enjoyed myself a lot. I had a great time. I could see that because you're getting drunk. There's an air. And like I was expecting it because I'm a bartender. Every time I say bartender, I feel like I have like a weird list. Let me know in the comments if your skin crawls every time I say the word bartender. But um, I was expecting it to be so busy on New Year's, you know, like we stayed open late. We were going to watch the ball drop on the TV. I was it was literally just me and my coworkers getting drunk, which was beautiful. I loved it. Yeah, I actually like New Year's because I do think there's a lot less pressure in New Year's. Because New Year's, New Year's and Halloween. And I personally feel like Thanksgiving. But then again, like I feel like we celebrate Thanksgiving different than like the traditional way. But New Year's and Halloween to me are adult holidays. Christmas is like a child holiday. It's Halloween like grandma and grandpa at the table. Because there's two types of Halloween. There's like trick-or-treating 
And then there's like, like slutty getting drunk and listening to Doja Cat. But I feel like New Year's is like purely like an adult holiday. Like you get drunk, you celebrate. And I am the type of person I do like. I know there's a lot of shit talking about like, why do you need to start fresh on New Year's? Every single day should be a fresh start. And they might be right about that because I don't think I'm doing my life correctly. But I still feel like the freshness of a new year and it feels like new possibilities and it feels like some sort of measurement of maybe there's a sense of it like you can look back at the year like what has changed and whatnot go ahead that sort of goes with like all holidays though like my uh, birthday I feel like birthdays and new years have the same meaning internally yeah it's just like a reflection of the past year and like setting new goals for the next year I do roll my eyes at new year's resolutions but that's because I'm somebody who has never successfully done a new year's resolution oh me neither I still do them every year hoping that they'll work and they never do. I'm over it. I lie to myself. I went through year. I'm tired. I'm over it. I'm not lying to myself anymore. I'm not doing that. I think I will have that day because I know it's accurate. I know that it's the truth. That's the truth. Whatever goal you have should be set immediately. But like, I don't think internally I've accepted that. I need like a time to be like this day. I feel like New Year's resolutions that are like, I'm going to be more positive this year, maybe. Or like, I don't know. I'm going to try to make more people smile this year or I'm going to be kinder to myself this year. Those are like broad and healthy. No, see, those are like, what even does that mean? It doesn't mean I I roll my eyes again. I roll my eyes at all of it. But if you're going to do it, like keep it broad and keep it simple. Don't be like, I'm going to lose 40 pounds and I'm going to go to the gym every day. And like, that's me. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, uh, like, you know, if it works for you, it works for you. That's great. I'm not in the business of lying to myself anymore. So I'm not even going to bother. And everyone's like, what's your New Year's resolution? And I'm like, my New Year's resolution is to no longer talk about New Year's resolutions. You know what we should do? We can create a tradition where if we have a group of people we reflect rather than like the future we just reflect on our year I love that because talking about the future is la la land mm-hmm. but making predictions about the future and telling yourself what you're going to do that's all just like imagination but there's like a reality in okay it's new year's like whoa a year just passed it's 2024 now I'm 24 years old now like what happened it could be like a like an AA meeting where it's like one person speaks about their year with no no judgment no like oh you're taking up too much time you get your time to just talk and reflect out loud and no this year like no like give us the reality give us the reality it could be negative it could be nasty and that's another thing every single new year is you hear the same thing repeated over and over again it's like oh let's just hope next year is better yeah rough year you know this new year is gonna be good it's gonna be better oh i can't oh thank god 2023 is over thank god 2017 is over Next year, that's where it's at. Uh-huh. I'm over that conversation. Because the world is still a shitty place no matter what. Yeah. You could have like a goal like, at this point in my life, I'd like to be here. Yeah. Earlier today, we were talking about the podcast. Hi, listener. We were talking about the podcast. And we were like, 2024 is going to be our year of propelling into fame, you know? Mm-hmm. So speaking of, this is our final episode of the season. All right. Hi. Bye. Yeah. I know it came quick. Bigger. Better. Bolder. We're going to have a little Valentine's Day date, just you and me. I know you want to spend the day with your partner and you get to do that. But don't forget to set aside 45 minutes for the true love of your life. While you're getting ready for your date. While you're getting ready and you're putting on your maroon velvet dress and doing loose curls and whatever it may be. Throw on Apartment 1R and we're going to celebrate. Where's my jewel? I want it. Right there. Maybe my New Year's resolution. Okay, see, okay. Let me me talk. That's the 
update, by the way, on me trying to quit the jewel is I failed. Yeah. And uh, this is what I told myself at the beginning of the year because everyone's New Year's resolution was to quit the jewel. And I told myself, I'm not going to lie to myself. I'm going to give myself a year to think about it. There's a lot of us who desperately want to quit. But now it's November. I literally had this conversation with myself today because I was like, I made this whole big stink about hating New Year's resolution at New Year's when everyone was trying to quit the jewel. And I said, just watch because you guys are making New Year's resolutions that you're going to never hit it starting January 1st. I'm going to be realistic and I'm giving myself a year. Now it's November, (laughs) you know? So I'm like, uh oh, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I have a feeling it's not going to go well. Maybe it will. Maybe you'll be like, you know what? I'm ready. Who knows? Are there any other holiday things? Because there's two things I want to call back on. I see Christmas as a distraction because we all know that the insufferable reality (laughs) of the cold, harsh winter is upon us. So we need to distract ourselves with bright lights and fun songs. Literally. So that's what I see Christmas as. I don't see it as anything to do with religion whatsoever. And I'm pretty sure its real roots have something to do. Like the sun is beginning to slowly life is coming back. I literally never, ever, I was never religious. I wasn't raised with religion and still Christmas was like a whole thing. This is off topic too much about religion, maybe, but whatever. But like, I truly, truly believe, and we had an astrology podcast, but we were shit talking as like astrology people, but like astrology to me is real. And I feel like religion is just a metaphor for astrology, you know? Yeah. So there's like a reality to that. And like metaphors with like the sun setting and the son of Christ is just like the sun and its position in the sky. Right. I don't know if December 25th is exactly the day, but okay, like... Okay, so I'm not a meteorologist, but, but um, I'm pretty sure it's like December, like, you know how... Or no, I'm thinking of Easter. I think the sun has the shortest day of the year. And then after that, the sun being out becomes longer and longer every day. A quick little hey girl to Easter from my knowledge is that, you know how it's like Jesus died and then was like in the tomb for three days and then came back out. Mm-hmm. The sun is like moving, moving, moving. Oh, and, and it then holds It for stays three days. still for three days and then moves in the other direction. Oh, oh, okay. So it's like Jesus, the son of God is dead for three days. It's all a metaphor. Uh-huh, it's all a uh-huh. metaphor. Which is a nice metaphor. Yeah, it's beautiful. You know, it was misconstrued and turned into an ugly demon. Because it makes me think of like villagers dancing as the sun is like coming back around. That's what we need. You're going to get to have their harvest again. We need to create new holiday traditions. I feel strongly about that. And we need to get back to those roots because I love that. Instead of Easter having plastic eggs. I feel like Easter is the trashiest holiday. Easter is the trashiest holiday and it is the worst one. It's the worst holiday. There's nothing fun about it. Like we were talking earlier about how there's certain adults holidays or certain kid holidays does anyone enjoy easter like maybe babies like when i was little yeah but then i can never experience that feeling again and not to be like a social justice warrior about it the plasticky egg thing is just like it's it's not pretty it's not nice it's it means worse than better like if we're gonna talk about life the sun coming back and the trees growing again and our spirits having fire again or whatever like spiritually we're happier seasonal depression it's always winter or whatever this whole thing with those fucking plastic eggs so many plastic eggs is just not good for the nature of it all so like for example people have like plastic christmas trees and it's like no get a real tree so there's ways to make plastic gross just cheap decorations like nice and tasteful you can't do that with Easter. Like there's no such thing as like tasteful Easter decorations in my opinion. Yeah. Because then what? Okay. Like people dye real eggs. 
But like, think about what that is. Like you're dying. First of all, you're committing purchasing eggs. First of all, you're dying them. They smell nasty. (laughs) And then what? And then what? They're wasted. I just, ew. And like, not only is it just plastic gross eggs, but they come in like a stupid little basket with plastic grass. And you have your peeps, which is a good memory. (laughs) Peeps. I know. That is a good memory. But although I can't eat it anymore being vegan, but it is just like sugar, sugar, sugar. Nothing against sugar at all. There's just no connection to what I would perceive it to mean, which is like life is coming back. Spring is around. Back to the point, we need to like create new traditions and like celebrate the reality of the situation. Like Easter is not enjoyable. It would be so fucking fierce if on Easter people just like dance. Yeah. Covered themselves in flowers and ran around naked and like screamed at the moon. Like Uh that would be fun. (laughs) Yeah. I agree. Maybe a little bonfire because it's still cold. You start, I don't know, gardening or something. Like maybe you plant seeds. Maybe on um, Christmas, it's a celebration or distraction of like the end of life. Burn something. Instead of like, ah, you forest. Burn something for a fresh start. Yeah. Gather up a bunch of shit that you hate and burn it and dance and scream. Uh Piss into a fire of blood. Because burning shit does represent, I'm pretty sure. Isn't it good for soil too to like just let something burn and start fresh or not? No clue. But we had a tradition at the end of every school year in high school where we did a book burning. Love that. Love that. Nothing but fond memories of that. The feeling of cackling and throwing. Throwing something into a fire, watching the ashes spill into the Nothing sky. Nothing like a bonfire. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should I go into those things? Those couple of things? Okay, before we head out, I want to do a couple of callbacks. I'll start with this one. Pedestrian traffic. We discussed a lot of nuisances that occur during subway rides. <clears throat> Not everybody can relate to it, but something additional that I want to bring up. So basically what we're doing is we are reflecting and we are celebrating and creating a tradition. So we're reflecting on the season. Because also this was from season one, pedestrian traffic. However, we started this year, 2023. We will not be back until 2024. So this is our new year. So this is what happened to me. This is the second time it happened to me. The first time it happened to me was years ago. But the second time this happened to me where someone's walking so slowly into the subway while the doors are open that by the time I get in, not get in, the doors hit me. I had to put my hands on someone. I had to put my hands on a stranger, move them because that happened to me. Because like, even though you've been standing there for minutes, you were there when it showed up. It's not like you're running. You're on a line. Sometimes it's the line and it's like, okay, who's shutting the doors because the line hasn't finished yet? Walk to the center of the car. Please take up the whole car. They say this on the loudspeaker for a fucking reason. The time that I'm talking about where I had to touch a human being. Did I talk about this in the pedestrian traffic? No, I don't you didn't. remember. You didn't. It's not like it was a shoulder to shoulder filled subway car to where there was physically no space and I was trying to jam in. It was like an empty car. And this like group of probably like four 20 somethings walked in and just parked to the second they stepped in. I hate that and shit. Started having a conversation. And I was like, whoa, there was like a minute of me trying to figure it out before I realized. I have to like, excuse me, excuse me. And then there's a sense of rush and urgency because the doors aren't open forever. Uh-huh. You have to push, get in there. Keep going. Walk, 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 walk. Get in there. You only care about yourself. You're the only person. The door like literally shut on me. And those are heavy doors. They will keep going. Sometimes it goes all the way back in. But in this case scenario, like it was trying. The doors were trying to close and they were like, what the fuck? And trying and trying. And I was in there screaming, but like I was there. I wasn't, I didn't show up late. That happened. 
has happened where I'm like, no, when I hold the doors and, and like, yeah, whatever. That's annoying of me. Maybe. But also I was there. I was there on time. I was waiting and someone walked so fucking slow to the point that I got hit with doors. And that's a hazard. What are you waddling in for? They say it on the loudspeaker and it's like so just simple and so important and everybody needs to just get it through their fucking brain. First of all, let the people off the train before you get on. That's number one. <laughs> the doors open and everyone's rushing into the train. Slow the fuck down. Oh my God. Have you ever had like real fear that you weren't going to be able to get off of the train at your yes. stop? Yes. No, all the time. And people get up. New Yorkers, maybe you're someone that gets up because I've noticed I don't get up and I'm like the only one. People get up while the train is moving and stand by the door in anticipation to leave. I don't do that because I'm a klutzy fucking bitch. And when I stand up when the train is moving, I'm on my ass. So I wait till the train stops and I get up and run to the door, but I have to run. I have to book it because everyone's pouring into the train. Slow the fuck down. The train is not going to move if people... People are still interacting with the doorway, moving in and out. Let the people off. Because where are you going to go? Sometimes there are no people coming in, but it's just a crowded train. And I'm like, excuse me. And they're just not listening. And they're just not moving. And then I have to start screaming, excuse me, excuse me, just to get off. You're holding me in this train. Because you and me both got off at 59th Lexington to transfer to the end. The next stop is like Harlem. There's a long distance. It would take like 15 minutes. Yeah, it's panic. Oh, and there was one more thing when I was on the train with Simone once. He said that I did something which was annoying, which is I lean on the door. That's like if my go-to spot if there's not a lot of spots at the seats. Like you physically lean your body weight on the door? When the train is going, yeah. Oh, girl. It is like creepy, but like I've never seen it open on anyone because I don't like to touch the poles if I don't have to. So I lean on the door and then when the door opens, I also like I had just worked all day. I was on my feet. I don't want to lose that spot. So I will flatten my back to the pole on the seat instead of move deeper in. I won't stay in the doorway, but I kind of am still in the doorway because like I said, I'll like lean on the edge of the seat, the poles that are there instead of either walking out of the door so people can come in or walk in deeper. And he's like, I hate those types of people. And I'm like, I'm not losing my spot, bitch. When the door shuts, I'm rotating my body and leaning back, but I'm not losing the spot. This is another PSA to New York City residents or anywhere around the world that uses transit. If you have to throw up, warn people. If you're shoulder to shoulder and you're about to spew gallons of hot, chunky vomit onto the floor, can you make an announcement before you do so? And this is coming from a recent trauma that happened to me. <laughs> a traumatic episode where it was a shoulder to shoulder train, the four train uptown. And maybe someone listening to this was there. Um, and this man walks in and he leans up against the pole. Like he's gripping it with his life and his head is down and it's shoulder to shoulder. I make eye contact with this man and I thought, oh, he's cute. And he's looking at me and I'm like, oh, he's looking at me and he's cute. <laughs> when I say gallons of hot, chunky vomit came out of this man's mouth all over my jeans, all over my shoes. Everyone around me was running hot gallons as the train moved, swishing and sloshing oh, up and down the aisle. That's a nightmare. It was a nightmare. People were running, panicking, like literally jumping on top of each other. Like it was like the the night of the living dead. And he could have said, I'm about to puke. Cause I get it. If, if you're going to puke, you're going to puke. No, but if there's shoulder to shoulder, where are you going to go? People found a way. People, I literally had to like get up on someone's granddad. Oh my God. That poor man though. 
alone. I felt bad for him a little bit, but at the same time, I'm like, warn a bitch. Because vomit takes up space. And it was splashing up and down. When I say gallons, and I know I have a tendency to exaggerate, like it was a pond. And the train is moving, so it's rushing in one direction and then splashing oh, into the other the direction. Smell. The smell was vile. Vile. <laughs> Everyone ran out of this. Everyone was, oh, you know, it was, a, it was a shit show. And then um, my thing is I've thrown, I've been drunk and thrown up from being drunk. And there's like, and I could tell looking back when he was gripping the pole with his life, there's a few solid minutes in your head of like, oh, I don't feel good. Uh-huh. If there's someone standing three inches in front of you and you're about to throw up, I don't want to hear any excuse. You need to warn me. As much as I pity the guy, I would be very angry. I'm actually, I'm not violent. I, I didn't feel violently towards him whatsoever. Like I was like in my head, like poor guy, like you could have warned me, but like that sucks. I'm actually shocked that no one like beat his ass. Like I'm actually shocked. Like he threw up on a couple people. There's no avoiding it. Like your shoes got hit. You got hit by a splash. You got the warm sensation. There were people's bags on the grounds that were just like covered. Oh. Like I'm actually shocked he wasn't like beat up. Like genuinely. Did he get out of the train after that? No. Everyone ran away, which like allowed a seat to be cleared. And he just like sat in that seat for like the next few stops. Did people get out of that car? And then it was the type of thing where like I would watch innocent people like try to step into the train and then go. Oh, and then like turn around <laughs> and avoid that car. That's funny. But you stayed in it yeah i mean I, I got off and just like went down to the next door so i was like on the other side of the car oh, okay and then i had throw up on my leg so i looked like a gross throw up bitch yeah but i wasn't i was a victim i didn't know you got hit oh i was hit and then you have to sit on the train with that like warmth seeping into the cloth <sighs> nasty the second thing is regarding the keto thing I was in the store and I saw blueberry syrups and I was like, ooh, that's fun. Love. And I was looking through the syrups and one of them said keto. And just out of curiosity, I looked at the ingredients. It was blueberry. Did I mention the blueberry part? Yes. Just out of curiosity, I was like ready to be mad. And I looked at the ingredients. No blueberries. No blueberries. So that was just a support to the argument. Anyways. We are going to look at some of your comments and concerns, and we wanted to know what pisses you off, what perturbs you, what makes you look at someone and think, are you joking? We told you to hashtag it, comment down it below, and some of you did. So we're going to celebrate that. As a quick wrap up, we're going to go through some of these. First one by a username that is all numbers, so I'm not sure. My manager making me do her work because she can't handle it. What do we think? Mm. So I don't know this person's job title or their field. I'm just going to go ahead and assume that they're a restaurant worker because that's my experience. And what I've learned about restaurant managers is a lot of them are horrible and toxic and terrible, especially if it's like a corporate, corporate restaurant job, like at an Arby's or an Applebee's. Not to shit talk. Some of my favorite people on this planet are my managers at my restaurant, but some other people um, are toxic and horrible. And I feel like what it is, is when you work in a restaurant job, at least me, I feel no fulfillment in my job. So when you are offered a title like manager or something, some type of promotion, it makes you feel special. And a lot of times the ego, the ego gets a hold of you when you have a management position because you're somebody that seeks that kind of thing out, you know. But having a good manager is really important. And it's also really important to know that the manager is, if you are picking up the slack, they're also stressed. Like it's good to know that a manager is as stressed and trying. Like 
Yes. When a manager is stressed and trying to. Yeah. The- it's kind of just like being the captain and going down with your ship. Right. You can't stand by idly while people pick up the heavy lifting. And when you have a manager like that, it's just disgusting. It's terrible. So I feel for you. Yeah. You're supposed to be in it together. Like we got each other's backs and we're trying to figure the situation out. When it becomes every single day, your biggest hurdle to jump over is dealing with your manager or another coworker. It's just like a terrible toxic work environment. Like I better see you with your fucking hands dirty. Because the thing is a manager, <laughs> yeah, a manager yeah, should yeah. be able to run this shit. And I don't like to call out people on their weaknesses that they can't help. But you should be able to handle it if you're in a manager's position because you actually do have an effect on people that work under you. And nine times out of ten in my experience, a position of power in a job or like a title like that usually comes with a pay raise of some sort. So your manager should be able to do your job, a less paying job, a title that's less than their position. They should be able to do that. It shouldn't be the other way around. You shouldn't be expected to do the job of a manager that gets paid more than you Uh under any circumstance. Uh That's your job. You got to handle your own shit. Conspiracy theorist, episode one. Ross Goldsmith, my dad. It's the boy who cries wolf syndrome. Conspiracy theories are a result of the public being lied to for so long and so often that no one believes anything anymore. I would agree. From my experience with the people in my life that are conspiracy theorists, usually it's also wrapped into a lifestyle that consists of a lot of fear. Also, the conspiracy theories that I believe are a lot of them are pharmaceutical industry theories because I don't trust the pharmaceutical industry. I do feel that. You're looking for an answer. Yeah. And when there's like a really interesting answer, you're just going to want to go along with that one. Like it's more exciting to think aliens are real than... Our government is pretty sketchy. So like the result of that is bubbling of conspiracy theories. Because what the fuck are you supposed to believe? Because you lack trust and like it's natural like human instinct to search for answers. So you're going to find your answers whether they're true or not if you're in a situation where you don't trust what you're being told. And that goes along, that goes with anything, relationships, everything. Drunk Who Hunt. What did you think about this episode? My dad said, don't serve late comers. Close at nine. Last seating at eight. Very easy. Very, oh, very <laughs> much agree. And let me tell you this. At my job, that's exactly what the motherfucking thing I do. If you're listening to this... On your way to a Thanksgiving meal. If you're listening to this while you're walking to a house to go caroling. Maybe your Christmas caroling is a big vibe. Never seen it in the flesh. Never seen it in the flesh, but like, love that, you know. I would hate it personally. I would hate if someone rang my doorbell, but I love that it exists somewhere else. Like, I like that it exists with like nothing to do with me. Um, yeah. Next time you're singing a Christmas carol. Next time you're watching Miss Martha May Houvier on the TV screen. Next time you go, Betty, hi. Think of apartment <laughs> 1R. Play us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts while you're cooking your meals. It could be Thanksgiving meal. It could be Christmas meal. Go ahead. Let us know down in the comments below what your favorite holiday snack is. Are you a sugar cookie girl? Are oh, you yes. a cranberry sauce girl? Oh no. Sleep me personally. Love cranberry I sauce. I know that about you. Can't get enough. Can't get I've enough. I've always thought it looked disgusting. Oh, it looks terrible. It looks like a gelatinous cylinder. Love. Love it. Um, <laughs> And I love it incorporated. Like, I want to get a little bit of it in my stuffing. I'm also a let the foods touch kind of girl. Me too. I hate somebody that's like, the corn 
corn touched my potato, so I can't eat it. In fact, potatoes with corn is oh, so good. And gravy and too much salt. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so good. Like, I actually mix. Yeah, me too. Like, me I too. fully make my plate, bring it over to my spot, take my fork, and just mix everything together. Mine just ends up mixing, but I welcome it. Like, I like a little bit of that mashed potato with the gravy, with a little bit of that corn, with, like, a little bit of stuffing yeah. in there. There's a very specific taste in my mouth when I think of mashed potatoes with, like, a few pieces of corn in there. It's like a crunch. A pleasant surprise. It's yeah. a pleasant surprise. Uh, Hello. Who's there? Let us know down in the comments if you're a creamed corn girl, because I'm a creamed corn fan. And I know you've never had creamed corn, which is wild to me. Um, I am canned corn. Oh, canned corn. Yeah, love it. Um, Someone's trying to get in. The call is coming from in the house. Another awkward ending. <gasps> what is it? <laughs> it's a struggle the holidays I'm getting cold I'm struggling to take the blanket off of me because I'm freezing in the morning and you guys know this is the epitome this podcast is a safe space for the tired and the mentally ill and it is a celebration of first world problems so we know that other people go through a lot of things but you know we're gonna sit here and we're gonna complain about Christmas because that's what we do um, I'm not gonna no I'm not gonna feel guilty for complaining about Christmas because it's not easy because one of what life's not easy Life's not easy. Life's not easy. So thanks for the therapy session. Love you. And um, we're going to miss you on this little break. But again, I know that it's um, a long time in the future, but it's going to go by quick. And listen, be there or be square. You and I, I know you love me and I love you so much. Do the world a favor and spread the message of Apartment 1R. Because the world needs us and we need the world. That's right. That's right. Um, this is a community. A community of the miserable, bitter, spiteful. The miserable, the lonely, and, and depressed. Forget it. <laughs> we are poor, unfortunate souls. Yeah. In pain, in need. This one dying to be richer. This one wants to get the girl. <laughs> Do I help them? Yes, you can. By subscribing, liking, and commenting. Give us support, please. We need you Oh, I need you. We don't want to work anymore. We really want just like money. If you have a kink for like desperation and neediness, come down to apartment 1R. So um, we're going to go ahead and fuck, fuck off. Because we hate you. And we hate each other and we hate ourselves. Most, <laughs> <laughs> most of all. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you're like me and you're single and bitter every single Valentine's Day, consider yourself in a monogamous relationship with apartment 1R. Like a nun with God. Uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy, happy Kwanzaa. Happy New Year. Ooh, yeah. We'll see you in 2024. See you next year. See you next year. <laughs> good night. Good morning. Good afternoon. And let's say every time I say good morning to you at 2 p.m., you don't have to say it's the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to expose me for the fact that I don't know what time it is. And I feel like it's the morning and I probably just woke up before I arrived. I just woke up. My eyes are crusty. I'm drinking an iced coffee. Good morning. You're like, it's the afternoon. I'm like, okay. All right. Ha ha ha. You got me, gal. Anyway. So good morning, whatever time you are around the world, and we'll see you on Valentine's Day. Good night. <laughs>